My worst paying job was $5 an hour at a fast food joint until I opened a gym. If I had calculated what I was paid per hour at that gym back in the day, it would have been pennies per hour. That's not an exaggeration. TrueBrain helped me change it, thankfully. Keith, what's the lowest hourly rate you've ever worked for? I believe it was six fifty, collecting golf balls at a golf range. Ah, kind of fun, but not a great rate. You beat that nah. this month with an hourly rate, an effective hourly rate of $867 as a gym owner, correct? I believe so, yes. Yep. Yeah, it's the number, yes. Yeah. So we're going to dig into that. I'm Mike Workington. This is Two Brain Radio. I'm here with Keith Youngle. Keith owns CrossFit Pauling in Pauling, New York, and he, that is just north of the big city, he was our August leader for effective hourly rate or EHR. What is that? Divide your total pay, including all benefits from the business, by the number of hours you worked on or in the business. That's a big one because sometimes when you're working on the business at home on your cell phone, you don't count that, but that is work and that does count. The shortcut here, you can divide your income by 2,000 hours. That might not tell the whole tale if you're working more than 40 hours per week or if your gym pays for your car, your cell phone, or any of the other stuff. The point, you can drive up your EHR by working fewer hours or by making more money. We're going to dig into Keith's big number, $867 per hour, find out how we did it, and we're going to help you increase your EHR as a gym owner. Keith, you ready to roll? I am. All right, here we go. Now, I understand that your EHR is tied to something that's kind of unsexy, but it's really, really important. Standard operating procedures. Tell me a little bit about how you operated before you had SOPs, roles and tasks and all that stuff. How was how were things back in the day when you first started? Yeah, so I was just in the trap of doing everything on my own, right? So I had some, some uh, group class coaches, but outside of that, I was cleaning the gym. I was you know, doing CSM work, even though I didn't really know what a CSM was at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing kids programs, foundations, nutrition. I was basically doing everything. Every um, hat. Every, every hat. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, so at, at the time, I just thought it was because I didn't trust other people to take on those roles. But really, it was because I just didn't know a system or have a system to teach other people how to do it. Yeah. And you know, I I was kind of the same way and I held on to a lot of roles and it wasn't because, I mean, part of it was like, oh, I can do it better than anyone else. That's a common one. But my real problem was I I was scared to hire people and put the wrong people in the wrong spots and go through that whole hiring process. It felt like dating to me and that scared me, right? It just, I had trouble with it. A lot of gym owners have it, but we had the exact same history doing all the stuff. Your hourly rate back then, your effective hourly rate probably would have been pretty low, I'm guessing, given that you were cleaning and doing all the other stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I couldn't even tell you what it was because at the time I wasn't even really tracking my effective hourly rate, but I'll tell you, it was, it was probably pretty low. Yeah, because I'm sure you weren't working like, yeah, you weren't working 20 hours a week. You were probably working like 60, 70 or something just ridiculous or more. Yeah, I was putting in a ton of time. (laughs) Weekends, I didn't see my wife much and yeah, so... Yeah. But change is possible, right? So like you're here to tell us about about that. So I want to know, how did you get into the out of the habit, pardon me, of getting sucked into those low value roles? Because it's so easy for us as gym owners and driven people to just grab everything and do it all. How did you stop doing that? Um, I mean, basically, it was the, the it was a conversation with my mentor to start. Right? It was a conversation with 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 Sean. Um, I had just joined uh, Two Brain. I believe I was still in. I was either still in on ramp or just started growth. 
When was uh, this? I, it, this was in 2020, so the beginning of 2020. So and we're talking Sean Ryder as well, correct? Sean Ryder, and this yep. is um, right in the middle or beginning of of lockdown, pretty much, yeah. right? So, um, yeah, so it was a tough time. That's why I decided to uh, to join up with uh, with Two Brain, and so I'll never forget. I had this conversation with him, and we were working on developing my my nutrition program, and. So he said, all right, great. Like we have this down. Who's going to run it? I said, well, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he's like, all right. So, you know, do me a favor. Ask yourself how much earnings you're going to take from this and how much time you're going to spend on this and how much you're really going to enjoy it. Right. Versus hiring somebody else to do it. How much would you pay them? How much time would it then take you? And how would you spend your time otherwise, right? In other places. But did some, did some math. Now, you know, going back, this was a couple of years ago, but throwing round numbers, I think, you know, I probably would have put a thousand bucks in my pocket if I ran a nutrition program on my own, right? So, but it would probably would have taken me about 20 hours that month to run the nutrition program. So what is that? 50 bucks an hour right now i hired a coach to do it for four nights which but let's round to 50 percent just for easy math sure. so i paid them 500 bucks i paid myself 500 bucks but i really only spent two hours mentoring that individual right so now my effective hourly rate was 250 so i had 18 extra hours to play with and I just started duplicating that process. So I just started writing more SOPs and passing along and hiring other coaches. So instead of me taking, you know, once we did start opening again, instead of coaching the kids class, I hired a kids coach. Instead of doing a boot camp, I hired a coach to run the boot camp. So I just kept duplicating this process with all that extra time that I had in my hand. So dare I say it, you started acting like an entrepreneur instead of an employee of a business, right? Exactly. And that's really, yeah. I mean, that's what we forget as gym owners because we we have all these skills. We do all these things. We don't act like entrepreneurs a lot of the time. We just start doing all the stuff rather than hiring people to do the stuff because that's what entrepreneurs do. Like, you know, Bill Gates does not build computers and, you know, that whole thing, right? Like the idea of get someone to do the stuff. Uh, I'm going to ask you about your SOPs, but just for listeners, I'm just going to unpack a couple of things to bring you up to speed. There is an exact process to identifying the roles that need to get off your plate. Two Brain has laid it out. It's called climbing the value ladder. It involves math and there's an exact process. Your mentor will take you through it and you will look at all the roles you do and you will look at how much you could hire someone to pay or how much you have to pay someone to take those roles off your plate. Then you would look at how can I invest that time exactly like Keith said and you're going to pay for the, the cost of that role and more. Easy example, Keith started with nutrition. Easy example is cleaning. Cleaning costs 12, 15 bucks an hour or something like that. Takes most of us five or six hours a week or something like that. Do the math. If you can get rid of those hours for, let's say, $150 a week, could you take six hours to make more money? Yes, you could do that. As a gym owner, you could do that. And you keep doing this all the way up the chain until you are the CEO of a gym business where you're doing minimal work on certain things. Other people are doing the service delivery and so forth, and you're making some money off of it at every step. And the four ninths model 
that Keith talked about is tied to the entrepreneurial concept. And what that is, is you get someone to work in your business and you pay them 44% of the revenue. That person drives and grows and is responsible for the program, but you get a cut as the business owner for providing the space, the equipment, the market, you know, the internet, everything that goes along with that program. Again, all this is systemized in the True Brain program and we can teach you exactly how to do it. The key though, Keith, is what you hinted at is SOPs because what I did was when I tried to offload stuff, I just chucked it at a staff member, washed my hands of it, walked out the door and it collapsed and I was right back to vacuuming the floors. Tell me about SOPs because it's boring and it sucks, but it works and it's the foundation of a business. How did you do it? So I, well, I took templates from Two Brain. I can't say I recreated the wheel at all, Um, but I wrote out every single detail to a T, like I was programming a robot. Was that that fun? into no not at all <laughs> was it worth it but it was you know what for me it was during covid so i had a little bit of time so you know but even if you don't have the time make your make the time to do that and it's going to save you a ton of time down the road and it was very very well worth it um so yeah just writing every little detail and what i would do is i would write it out and then go do it go do the job, go perform the role, and then fill in the gaps. I'd come back and find out what I missed in, in the details. So it took me a while and practice to figure out what to actually write in the SOPs. I would take things out, put things back in. Um, so the first one that I really did was my nutrition SOP, and that was for my nutrition coach that I had hired, as the story I was talking about before. I actually started writing SOPs for positions I didn't even have yet. I I didn't have a CSM, but I started writing an SOP for a CSM and how I would want that job to be performed. Um, A step further, I did things that maybe I wasn't even doing, but how I would want them to be done if I actually had that time, right? If I can duplicate myself. So it was, you know, some, uh, you know, painfully long hours of just sitting down and, and writing <laughs> SOPs. Um, but in the end, once you hand that to somebody and you go over it with them and you continue to you know meet with that staff member and revisit until they have it down, and then they actually start to come back with their own ideas and fill in the gaps that maybe you missed that are going to make that role even even more advantageous to your gym. So tedious, boring. We give you the speed to brain. We'll provide you with a lot of templates that'll get a lot of it done for you. You just have to change the details, right? Where the music volume goes to seven at your gym and mine, it's nine or something like that or whatever. You can customize these templates. Still, I'm not going to lie. It's not fun, but the payoff is huge because you only have to do it that one time. You took it a step further and even got you future planned, right? Where you went and took all these things and all these roles that could possibly exist. And I bet when you started you know, when you thought, okay, I need to offload something or hire, you just pulled out that thing from your pile and ran with it. Am I right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got, you've just greased the rails. The toughest part was writing the SOPs. And then after that, it was simple. It was easy. And it just, it, it just fell into place after that. Okay. So now tell me a little bit of how, how long does it take you to do this stuff? So when you're main, you say you're meeting with staff members to maintain your systems and optimize things, how many hours a month or a week does that take? Depends on how many staff members you have Mm -hmm. and what roles you have. Right. Um, But I'd say, 
and again, depending on depending on the role, you know, it might you might meet with your cleaner, you know, once a once a month for thirty minutes to just and the first time it could take an hour. You know, you're just walking the gym with them and and showing them everything that they have to clean and how everything works from you know how to where the water is going to come in from you know how to clean up when you're done. Um, you know, and then pretty much the SOP is going to run itself and you're just going to come in, you're going to audit that process and then meet with your cleaner again, you know, anytime that you feel that, you know, anything is not going the way that you would like it to go. Right. Um, you know, on the other hand, with your CSM, you're going to meet with a CSM much more often. So I'd say with a CSM, it's probably a couple of 30 minute meetings, um, a month. So 30 minute bi-weekly meetings with your CSM. But again, it could be 15 minutes depending on the weeks. If everything is going smooth and everything is going great, I mean, it could just be a chat about life, you know? So it's not going to end up being much about about what's going on in, in the gym sometimes. So the maintenance of this system, if I'm getting you here, is not that difficult. It can be at the, the, no. at the beginning, there's a little bit of extra work where you like have to dial in a couple of things, answer some extra questions and maybe change a few things. But really, at the end of it, you're probably taking like a few hours a month to probably maintain the whole system, depending on your staff size. Would that be accurate? Yeah, I'd say let's just say an hour per staff member on average yeah. is going to take uh, per month. And that's so that's that's a month. huge investment because that allows you to step out of service delivery, allows the business. You essentially replicated yourself and now you're able to move on to higher value roles. So what do you do with your time now? I mainly work on affinity marketing uh-huh. and and NSIs and then and all those meetings. So I have seven staff members, so or six six staff members that I spend, you know, on average probably about, you know, for me at this point, it's probably about forty five minutes per staff member on average. Um, so you know, it, it's it's probably about five hours a month meeting with my staff. Um, and then a couple hours doing affinity marketing. Um, sometimes I'll step into an NSI, uh, if my CSM can't, can't make it or my GM can't, can't make a, make an appointment. Um, and you know, I, I still do like to coach, right? So, um, you know, I'll coach generally, um, one class a week. Sometimes it's more like one class every 10 days. So I'm usually hitting about 10 hours a month. Um, when, when it's all said and done in total work, in total work, <laughs> you get to see your wife again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Funny. <laughs> I have uh, two kids now, so I get to see them, you know, uh, a decent amount as much as I really want to. So yeah, yeah that's a bit fine. different from the early days, I'm guessing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, it was, it was late nights, you know, I'd, I'd come home after coaching at nine o'clock at night and then I would still have calls to make you know, to, for, for lead nurturing and wake up early the next day and just do it all over again. And because you're a fitness guy, you know how to grind. We all do. And we make that mistake and we get stuck in it. Listeners, I'm going to give you a couple of acronyms. I'm going to tell you what they were and define a few things for you. What Keith just said, CSM is client success manager. We've talked about that a few times. That is the person to make sure your clients are staying in the business and they're happy. They're responsible for client happiness. It is a value. It is, we'll call it a low value role, but that's just in terms of like the payment. 
It's not a $30 an hour role. It's something less than that, but it has huge rewards and it's highly important. So when we say low value, it doesn't mean it's not an important role. It just means that it's not as, doesn't generate as much revenue as say sales. Okay. So that's what that is. Client success manager, essential to your business. Affinity marketing, that is sales of a different sort. You're talking to people that are close to your business. You're talking to your clients inside your business. Hey, do you have any friends and family that I can help further? Talking, outreaching, that kind of thing, as opposed to cold calling people or putting ads on Facebook. NSI is a no-sweat intro. A no-sweat intro is a consultative process where people come in, they book an appointment to see you. You ask them what problems are they having, then you solve them with your services. It is essentially a sales meeting, but we call it a free consultation or no-sweat intro. What Keith is working on right now, the three things, he's the CEO and manager, right? He's got do you have a GM, Keith? I'll ask you that first. I do. Yep. Oh, yeah. So you're the I CEO. Yep. So you're working more closely with your GM who manages a ton of stuff that you don't have to deal with. So you've got CEO time and you're doing marketing and sales, which are very high value roles because they bring in money for the business. All of that is huge. You went from cleaning to the highest level as a CEO in the gym. And you did that in two, two years in a little bit. Is that correct? Uh, about two, two to two and a half years. So it's possible. And you went from making very well worth it. Yeah. And you went from making a lower rate to $867 per hour because you're making a good wage and you're not working 75 hours a week, correct? Correct. Absolutely. So here's now, here's where we help somebody. Gym owners out there right now are listening and they are drowning in work. Someone out there asks you, How the hell do I start this process? What do you tell them? They want to be you and they're you from two years ago. How did they get here? Yeah, I mean, listen, like you said, there's nothing sexy about it. It's just starting to find the right people is probably the toughest part, right? I think that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, yeah. hiring (laughs) is tough. Finding the right people, right? And then, but really being prepared before you even find those people with the SOPs. Write out everything that you do in detail. Find the right person, delegate it. And don't just hand it off, right? And then just expect them to just follow, you know, all the bullet points, right? Take a month, teach them, do the work with them. Take a month, give it to them completely, but mentor them through the process. And I say a month, but depending on the role, it could be a month to two months to three months, right? And then let them take that role and then just begin checking in with them once or twice a week, or I'm sorry, a month, right, for 15 to 30 minutes, and just continue to um, audit that role or audit the SOP. Start out with something that you really do not enjoy, right? So it's something that is sucking the energy from you. Maybe you don't like coaching your kids program. Maybe you don't like, um, you know, working uh, working on nutrition with people. Maybe you don't like cleaning your gym, whatever it is, fucking the energy out. Start with those roles because that's the type of those, those hours that you get back aren't just going to be hours. They're going to be energy hours. We have a thing called the loves and loathes lists. And you can do that's another exercise our mentors will help people do. It's what do you like doing and what do you loathe? And if it's for me, Counting stuff, I hate it. That would be something to offload because not only is it going to save me time because I'm not good at it, it's going to save me energy as you just explained. So listeners, what I'll get you to do, I'll challenge you to put down the mop and take some time to do the dirty work 
of writing out your roles and tasks. Do that. You only have to do it that one time. From there, you're going to have to hire. You may, that's a whole, like Keith said, that's a whole different show. And we do have hiring shows in our archives that you can check out. Then the final step of that is not to just push the cart down the mountain and assume it will go all the way to the bottom without tipping over. You have to monitor the thing, but it doesn't take a ton of time. Once you start to systemize things and get the process down, it's going to go very smoothly. The final step there, one of your greatest hires is going to be a general manager who's going to take care of most of that work for you. And you're just going to be the CEO who checks in on certain high-level things. You can do whatever you want, as much or as little as you want to do. And you get time to spend with your family. Keith, thank you so much for sharing this with everyone. Uh, it's a great story because I love hearing someone who did what I did back in the day and then fixed it in less than two years. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me here. That was EHR leader Keith Youngle on Two Brain Radio. Thanks for listening. Please hit subscribe on the way out wherever you're watching or listening to the show. And now here's Chris Cooper with a final message. Hey, it's Two Brain founder Chris Cooper with a quick note. The Gym Owners United Facebook group has more than 5,600 members and it's growing daily. If you aren't benefiting from the free tips and tactics and resources that I post daily in that group, what are you waiting for? Get in there and grow your business. That's Gym Owners United on Facebook or www.gymownersunited.com. Join today 